on digital radio across the UK, online and in your ears right now. Welcome to Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack. Good morning, lovely you. I'm assuming you're lovely. You may be a right nuisance, but just the fact that you're listening to this suggests otherwise. Welcome along to the aptly named Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory. Why aptly? Well, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and over the next hour-ish, I'll be taking a British icon on a trip down memory lane to their hometown. See? It is, in fact, a very good self-explanatory name for a show. I'm delighted to say that Sky One is the new sponsor of Hometown Glory. It's right up our street. You know, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you'll be particularly impressed, I think, with the skill in which I tied our sponsor into the message of our show there by using the phrase right up our street. Um, I genuinely couldn't be any more thrilled to have Sky One on board. They are, of course... The place for homegrown British comedy, drama and entertainment alongside the most popular shows from the United States. Stuff like Modern Family, which has won so many Emmys at this point that they must have to employ someone just to polish the awards. And if you haven't seen it yet, it is one of the best ensemble casts on television and one of the funniest sitcoms of the past decade. You've got to dive in. You can watch this and all of Sky One's other great shows by going to unionjack.co.uk where you can win Sky Q free for a year. And you may be listening to this and you've never previously heard of Union Jack Radio. In which case, shame on you. Um, It's it's basically uh, a lovely new radio station that plays the best of British music and comedy. It's where you'll hear the Beatles and Blackadder and it's the best of British. Anyway, uh, that's that out of the way. And today I am honoured to welcome a footballing legend, goalkeeping icon and a man who has played more England games than anyone else. It's Peter Shilton. Leicester. One of the oldest cities in the UK, dating back to one or two hundred years before Christ. They're not sure which. I should be a historian. I respect that level of sloppiness. Over the years, Leicester has given us crisps. I don't think they were invented there, they've just given us crisps. Uh, Red Leicester cheese. And it's alleged that Leicester has more traffic lights per capita than any other city in the UK. David Attenborough grew up here. For kangaroos, the greatest challenges come from within their own society. Sue Townsend was from here, and it was the home of her most famous creation, Adrian Mole. Profoundly in love with Pandora. And it's the hometown of today's guest, Peter Shilton, OBE. What a monumental save by Peter Shilton. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and with the help of an iPad and Google Maps, I'm about to take Peter Shilton time-travelling to the streets where he grew up in Union Jack's hometown glory. Peter Shilton, hello. Hello there, Jeff. Um, so we're in Leicester, that's where we're going to be this week. Yes, um, that's my hometown. 
Uh, born and bred in Leicester. So were you born in a hospital or were you born at home? can't remember, actually. I was born in an <laughs> off-licence, so maybe at home. My mum and dad had an off-licence You were born Leicester. in an off-licence? Exactly, yes. Yeah, and apparently um, my mum used to give me stout, even though I was a, a baby. But uh, <laughs> Different times. What was? Do you remember what road the off-licence was on? It was on Curzon Street, which is in the Humberston part of Leicester. All right, um, we're going to try and get this up on the screen. Curzon Street, Leicester. So Humberston, what type of area is that? Well, there's uh, some nice parks around there. I wouldn't say it's upmarket, but um, I was a very working-class family. And uh, although my mum and dad, you know, worked very hard, um, you know, they were always sort of either in greengrocer's shops or or, um, they started out, obviously, in the the off-licence. So what were the perks of growing up in a shop or an off-licence? What would you get? Um, Not a lot of perks, because my my mum and dad were obviously working very hard. They used to work together. and um, Were you allowed to help yourself after the shop was shut? I mean, not to booze in the off-licence, but I mean, could, you, could you go down there? Well, and... I was a baby in the off-licence, right. and I can't really remember much about that, but I, the, the first memory I had really was was going to uh, a school called Gruby Road School, which was, um, you know, must have been about four or five, maybe six then, that sort of age, and, and I just remember the school very well. In fact, I went back... Quite a few years later, I was invited um, to go because they had a very famous... He was the fastest omelette maker in the world, apparently, and he was... Wow. Uh, and they had him there, and they thought it was a great idea, the local um, TV, that I'd go along. And it was just... Re- I Just how I remembered it. I used to have milk in those days as, as a youngster. I didn't like the milk, I must say that. But it was quite famous for me in one way because now um, the actual uh, house was backing onto a sports field. And um, I was getting into football then. They had this big wooden gate, uh, which you couldn't get through. And I used to, first of all, remember throwing the ball at this gate and catching this this football at the age of six. And, and I'd be kicking at it and I'd be out there for hours. And then uh, sort of on Sundays and that type of thing, when it, the, the groundsman wasn't there, I'd sneak through with a friend of mine and we'd do a little bit of uh, practising on this sports field. We'd get chased off quite a few times and nipped through the hedge. So it was the last house on the on the road backing onto the sports field. And now that is the Leicester City training ground. And uh, I, I went there quite recently. Uh, I always remember the house being a lot better than what it is now. It seems a bit a bit uh, dilapidated now, but it was. Uh, it's so what quite... was it like an end terrace? It was a terrace house, and it was the last one. As you go through the training ground yeah. gates now at Leicester City, it's the one on the left. Do and... you think? Do you think they bought that training ground because one of its legends grew up next door? <laughs> what was your What was your setup in the family? Did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I had an older brother. Tony, who was five years older than me, and a younger brother, Graham, who was five years younger than me. Would Tony practice football with you? A little bit, but he sort of left the family very early. He went into the army at a very early age, so he wasn't around as much. And and I remember Graham wasn't really interested in football. But I, at a very early age, I remember we were always moving houses, you know, always buying a new shop or doing something. And I just remember we moved again and uh, we went on to an estate called Broadson Estates. And my, my dad had a green grocery shop and we lived above it. And it was like there was two shops either side of a working men's club. But that was where it really started for me because I went to a school called Court Crescent Primary School. I just remember the, the PE teacher said, look, 
we, uh, we're going to have a game of football, lads. In my first proper game, and we went behind the school onto this little grass area, and he put a couple of coats down, and he said, who wants to go in goal? And I put my hand up, and I don't know why I did you it. You don't know why you did it? I just think you, you're kind of born to be a goalkeeper. I just fancied diving around, and uh, and that's how it started. And then... Because it's, it's the case that at that age, a lot of the kids don't want to go in goals. You know, they'll sometimes Still don't. if there's a tubby kid, they'll say, oh, "We'll put the tubby kid in goals." But yeah. you, you were volunteering; you wanted to do it. Yeah, I just wanted to do it, and uh, I just remember one vivid memory is that we'd be playing on Saturday morning, and my dad would be delivering groceries to different places. That's how it was. And he had this little white van and he had his white overalls on. But I always used to stop for 10 minutes and just watch me. At 10 minutes, that was all he could manage. <laughs> but I just always remember him turning up and yeah. it was a great support he, he carried right through my career. Was he quiet or would he shout from the sidelines? No, very quiet. Very rarely um, gave me any advice. He was just there for me and he, that's how it went on right through my career. But he loved his sport, he loved playing his sport and um, I used to go and watch him as well. Uh, but, you know, then I kind of got in the Leicester boys under-11 team a year year early, so I had two years of, of getting into the Leicester boys so, team. So what age are we talking now? We're talking now, when I started at that school, I think I was about seven or eight and then... You know, the the I got into the the school team under under 11s. I think when I was about nine or ten, the year before, you could get into the Leicester boys team, and um, you know, I went for a trial and 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 I managed to get selected and and then and then play again. You know, the- it sounds like you had all you know, every everything was a success. Every you know, you're setting yourself these goals and you're achieving these goals. Were you having any setbacks back then, or was it just sort of this spectacular ascent? Um, you know, I used to train and work so hard. I mean, there was a wall outside my dad's green grocery shop and I'd be out there with the street light on and after school, you know, in the winter I'd be I'd be obviously having the less you know, to train at the ground, but also I'd be throwing the ball up against this wall and catching it at the highest point I was taught and yeah. all different things. And then in the summer period I'd be going on the park dead opposite the school and get a friend to come or a couple of friends and be training out there till it got dark so it would just be football 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 training 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 trying to trying to improve and obviously I was made sure that I had to do my homework as well Jeff Lloyd's hometown glory on Union Jack a trip down memory lane with Britain's best loved icons with Sky One bringing you the best comedy drama and entertainment from the UK and US we'll raise our teacups to that talk to me about um, becoming a supporter of Leicester what's the first memory of Leicester City that well, you my, my dad encouraged me he used to take me to one or two games but funnily enough I remember one moment with, you know standing on the terraces on the far side of the old Filbert Street ground I was about nine watch, watching a game and I just remember at the time a fellow called Gordon Banks had joined Leicester as an unknown and he was competing with a fellow called Dave McLaren and they were in and out a team and and I just remember that and then as I got older you know I would go in the stands and watch games the only real setback I had as a schoolboy, I think, was uh, I wanted to play for England schoolboys at Wembley. I managed to get a trial. I played in this game, and very unlike me, I didn't get a lot to do, but I actually made a mistake for, for a goal I let in. And I was absolutely shattered. I knew I'd made a, a mistake. Right. And uh, the second trial was at Maidenhead in Kent, and I was reserve. And the goalkeeper who was due to... Uh, to play, couldn't play the first choice because he got a verruca on his foot. (laughs) (laughs) 
But then an hour before the kickoff, it started snowing heavily. So it was about an inch and a half of snow on the pitch, but they didn't postpone it. They still played the game. And of course, I was used to training and playing in the snow because I, I trained in all weathers. And I had a blinder that day. And because of that game and that little bit of luck, I got to pick play for England schoolboys. I played at Northampton against Aero. We won quite easily the first game. And then I was picked to play for against Scotland at Wembley in front of the 90,000. The only problem I had with being a goalkeeper was that I wasn't growing very much when I got to the age of 10, 9 and 10. And the actual coaches at Leicester said, look, Pete, we want you to play on the outfield as well. And I played for Leicester boys as a right half or a centre forward. So because if you don't make it as a keeper, we think you've still got a bit of a chance, you know, to make it as an outfield player. So I kind of did the both, really. I played a bit for the school as a centre forward and, and uh, for Leicester boys as a, you know, as a primary school right half sort of thing. And I did stretching exercises. There's a famous story where I used to put a, a mark on my wall in the bedroom and stretch up. And if I, I was getting, you know, and I used to drink pints of milk and eat, <laughs> grated cheese, anything I could that was good to make, which probably didn't work. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the worst one was, and people still remind me of it to this day, was that actually uh, we lived in this green grocer's shop on this estate. I walked down one day and I saw the banisters and I thought, I could hang from the banisters, stretch stretch myself. And as I'm doing that, my mum was walking upstairs and I said, Mum, grab my ankles and pull down on me. <laughs> And I only did it twice, and I told a pressman, and to this day, people still say, did you actually hang from the banisters? And um, I do joke when I tell a story about making a fingertip save, and I always say, yeah, I thought, thank God for those banisters. <laughs> Uh, let's let's talk a bit about what you were like outside of football. Um, what, what what were you good at at school? Were you artistic? Were you good at music? I was quite good at art. I used to love art and geography. I wasn't bad at English. I didn't like languages as such. I used to do French, and yeah, even yeah. when I was at you know in those days, two of the things I I do remember, which are a bit off the beaten track, was that. I remember when I was on this estate that um, with a friend of mine, which was which was a terrible thing to do, but I actually went scrumping one day, which was... Scrumping for apples? Apples. I mean, compared to what Tina just get up to, I mean, it's, it's not well, a terrible thing well, to do by was, comparison. Was this, I remember this policeman came by and uh, noticed us and he, he pulled us over and he says, I'm going to take you back to your parents, you shouldn't be doing this. And he took me back to my parents and gave me a right ticking off. And it was a lesson learnt. And it was, to me, it was like I was going to be put in jail, you know. At the was time. that the most trouble you're ever in? Yeah, yeah. He taught me a real lesson because he really, you know, he said, Mr. Mitch, you know, he shouldn't be doing this. And yeah, he shouldn't do this. And uh, yeah, I did learn that lesson. And the other thing that ever happened to me was that, because, uh, you know, I was a pretty good boy, actually. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I was into me football and, uh, you know, I didn't... The, the other thing that happened to me was um, you weren't allowed in my primary school to run in the playground. I remember I, I, I was running around this day. I think we were playing some game or other with my friends. And next minute I got called into the headmaster's office and I uh, got caned. You got caned right, yeah, across yeah. your hand. And it was like three whacks of the cane across your hand and I can still remember the pain now and I just it was also the embarrassment because I wanted to be I was getting write-ups in the local press on a Saturday night in the schoolboys section you know and um, I thought oh this is terrible you know so it taught me a lesson I must admit it taught me a lesson When you think about the teachers at both your primary school and your secondary school who, who do you remember who sticks out? Oh, goodness. Mr. Starm was the, the head teacher and he, my dad went down and Mr. Starm at the end, he, he argued him. He says, look, I think Pete is not doing bad. I can, you know, he can get 
you know, four five O levels, you know, in you know, standing in good stead. And my dad says, There's no way that he's gonna stay another year at school. He wants to start his football career, you know. And it worked out for me because injuries can happen and what have you. But I made my debut for Leicester when I was sixteen, still an apprentice. There was one there's one unique story that I went to watch Leicester in the cup final in nineteen sixty three, I think it was. So you would have been 14 at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'd lost to the Great Spurs team, I think, in 1961, something like that. There was a two-year gap. And Leicester had had a brilliant season. They got a great team. And they they were playing Man United at Wembley. And Leicester never won the FA Cup. And I went to Wembley, stood behind the goal, and Leicester lost 3-1. It was a terrible performance. And I was absolutely gutted. And I cried all the way home. And uh, it's quite ironic because we got to the final in 69 with Leicester against Man City and I was so desperate to win the FA Cup and we lost 1-0. And my old roommate, Leicester lad, Gary Lineker, when he was playing for England, without me mentioning my story, said that he did exactly the same, stood behind the same goal and he cried all the way <laughs> home because we lost 1-0. And it was fourth time. Leicester still haven't won the FA Cup that we got beat in the final, yeah. Did you uh, have you, have you did you develop you know as your career went on superstitions and jinxes and did they sort of uh, hark back to those formative years as a teenager? I used to start working out little diagrams, draw diagrams, you know, to sort of train what I could improve upon. And I remember Tiger Woods, the famous golfer, when he was a kid, he used to draw little diagrams of how far huh. each iron would go, and I thought. That's amazing. That's what I used to do with goalkeeping. Yeah, yeah, Draw yeah. Draw photos. Big thing that sticks out was that we had this green grocer's shop with, you know, a shop next to us, the Working Men's Club. And it wasn't a great estate. It was a bit working class estate. Sometimes on a Friday night and the, the games would be on a Saturday or whenever, they'd end up having fights outside this Working Men's Club. There'd be a lot of noise. Right, right. like that. And my mum and dad actually said, no, we can't have this. We, and they bought a house on an, an estate, quite a nice little house, um, two or three miles up the road. They said, we can't... You know, just we can't. to get you away from it? Well, a little bit. I think they were fed up as well with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I just remember they, they did everything they could without spoiling me, you know. They, they, they did, and that's just something else I remember. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack. A trip down memory lane with Britain's best-loved icons. With Sky One, bringing you action-packed drama. We're ready. We've clenched everything. Because you were so obsessive about football, how much did that eat your childhood in a way? Did you did you have interests outside football? Did you go to the pictures? Socially, nothing. I mean, wouldn't go out to you know for a dance. Wouldn't go to uh, to a nightclub or anything like that. I was, I was just so in a way, I was kind of missed missed out on a lot of things that a lot of kids do. I d- I do remember that my 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 dad used to love like holidays with caravans, and uh, he, he he always bought a caravan at Mablethorpe near Skegness on the east coast, and we'd even sometimes lock the shop up on a Saturday tea time drive there and we'd we'd even have just one day there and come back even early Monday morning yeah. and I remember running up down the, the front doing my runs from Mablethorpe to, to Sutton and and I, I never forget on the beach sometimes you know I'd be I'd be trained on the beach How much of your success did your parents see? Um, my dad used to follow me you know around And they, they lived to see 
you know, oh, your, yeah, your England yeah. career and so yeah, on. Yeah, my dad followed me around. He was always there. You know, he used to go um, and watch, you know, the England schoolboys games and he used to go. And uh, I remember we we played in the fifth round of the FA Cup for Leicester City against Liverpool, having, having drawn at Filbert Street, went up to Anfield. Imagine in those days, they, Bill Shankly, they were the great Liverpool team and they got a penalty. And my dad was in the stand and we used to have complimentary tickets given to us, but I'm not sure if they were going to in the Leicester section or the Liverpool section. Right. And he was stood there and suddenly it's in front of the cop, it's a penalty to Liverpool, nil-nil at a time. And Tommy Smith, who was a real hard man, played for Liverpool, came up and he hit it to my left and I went across and, and managed to get a hand to it and knock it away. And I didn't know, obviously, at the time, but my dad said he jumped up like celebrating and all these Liverpool fans around him and he knocked this fella's hat off in front of him and he got up and he was about six foot three <laughs> and quite a large man and, and my dad said, I'm really sorry, that's my son, he's just saved a penalty and this, the fella said, don't worry Mr Shilton, I can understand your feelings, oh. I, I don't, I'm not very happy about it but well done and we, we scored three minutes from the end and that was the year we got to the cup final though we lost. Right. When you talk about things, you know, away from football, I, I just got this. I've still got a photo of it. We, I went to my first ever dance when I was about nine or ten. Stood in the corner all night long and never moved. <laughs> and I, I just was so shy that I couldn't go up and ask anybody to yeah, dance. Yeah. I was that shy. And I've got this picture, and it always reminds me of how shy I was in those days. And what about music? Because you would have been a teenager as all those bands like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Kinks and the Who. Yeah, no. I mean, was that part of your life at oh, all? I, I used to love it. I used to. Yeah. I, I wanted to play a guitar. Yeah. I, because in those days, you used to have guitar shops and, you, and they sprung up everywhere because it was the, the 60s. And I wanted to play, but I think I'm just useless at music. I just couldn't couldn't play an instrument but everybody did in those days yeah it was a fantastic era what know? was your local record shop yeah, there were so many of them yeah but one thing i do remember was that uh i went to my one and only pop concert and there was uh it was at the de Montfort hall which is still a, still a big, venue. massive yeah, yeah. venue yeah the beatles had been there before but um i couldn't get any tickets and what to go to watch them but I remember that uh, Freddie and the Dreamers. I like it. <laughs> yeah, you were made yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> and I went along. And I, 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 could, I, was, I was so excited. And uh, Freddie didn't turn up. No, it's just the Dreamers and no Freddie. He'd, he'd had an accident, in a road accident, apparently. That was the excuse. Right. And the Dreamers got on and just played these music and got booed off. The crowd <laughs> went mad and booed them off. And that was it. That was my <laughs> one and only effort of getting to watch a pop concert. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack. A trip down memory lane with Britain's best loved icons. With Sky One, bringing you adrenaline fueled entertainment. Mm. Sounds like our wedding night. Do you, uh, do you spend any time in Leicester still? Obviously, I uh, used to visit my parents because they always stayed in Leicester. But no, I used to go back to Leicester. And, and we, we tend to, me and my wife, Steph, tend to go to Leicester City two or three times a year and they make us very welcome. Because we should mention a lot of what you do now is you have a company and you, you do speaking and events and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very much so, yeah. And, um, yeah, we, me and my wife, I, I sort of finished with a management company I was with for a few years and um, me and my wife Steph who, who was a semi-pro jazz singer herself and worked for the NHS for 20 years as a business manager and obviously you know knows business inside out and uh, we decided to start our own company up which has you know gone through the roof really it's 
it's great that we work together as well. She does, you know, I've got the experience. She's got the business side of things. And, um, yeah, it's going really, really well. When did you realise you'd be good at that, telling the stories? Because not everybody is. It's something you kind of can do or you can't do. No, it was hard work to start with. Um, you had to get a script, you know, and um, it's just experience. Uh, I, I just one funny story was I remember going to a dinner one night, uh, one lunchtime it was, tell us and I just started, I got my script, but, you know, there's, now you can ad lib, you're relaxed, you know, you can switch things around. You can, you've got a basic story, but you can work at different stories. But I had this script and I remember I was, three of us were doing this and there was one was Norman Hunter, who's one of the hardest men in football, played for Legion United. His name was Bite Your Legs Norman Hunter. And the other one was Nobby Styles, another World Cup winner. who was yeah, another yeah. hard man of football. And the three of us were sat there and um, was having a meal beforehand, and they were saying, well, look, three speakers, we'll do 15 minutes each. I'm saying, well, I've got half an hour speech, but, you know, I could... we do 15 minutes each, and um, that'll be enough, because there's three of us. And anyway, we're having a meal beforehand, I'm looking, and, and they're not eating their meal. I think, And I'm tucking into mine, and I just said to them, are you not hungry or anything? And they said... No, we're too nervous. It's just, we, the, I said, you're joking, because they've been doing right? it two, two or three years before me. They were yeah. more experienced. I said, no, every time we speak, we're so nervous. This is two of the hardest men in football. It's to, funny to think that you can do something, do for your whole career, do something which is so much pressure yeah. uh, in front of so many people. That and shows you how hard it is. Yeah. We said we'd do 15 minutes each. Norman got up and did 25 minutes. Nobby got up and did about 30 minutes. So the audience was about had enough by then. <laughs> <laughs> and I got up thinking, what am I going to do, you know? So it's, you learn these lessons as you go along, but not very rarely do you have three speakers now. Yeah. But. Before I let you go, uh, if, if I had a time machine, I could take you back to one place, you get to see it again, exactly how it was, anywhere from your childhood in Leicester. Where would you like to go and see it as it was then? I mean, I had a great time at, at Court Crescent Junior School, you know, which was right next to the park because that was where it all started for me. So I suppose going back to, to Court Crescent and, and seeing if it's still the same, I mean, it's in the same location. I still believe it, it's, it's still going. Um, would probably, you know, that's where it all started for me. I mean, I did do a little memory trip um, with with my wife because we had to go to Leicester City's training ground recently to do a bit of filming and... Uh, I was telling about the house on the left-hand side, but when I looked at it, I thought it used to look about four times as good as that to me. <laughs> but it's um, it was quite small, but yeah. that was quite a, a memory anyway for me to go back there and remember going through the hedge and that type of thing. Well, thanks for taking us on this trip down memory lane, Peter Shieldson. Pleasure. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack. A trip down memory lane with Britain's best-loved icons. With Sky One, bringing you homegrown British comedy, drama and entertainment. Ding dong. And that's that, another trip down memory lane with the legendary Peter Shilton. Save Union Jack on your presets. It's a fab radio station full of British music, comedy and silliness. It's the most fun you can have with your ears. Even more fun than getting a cotton bud and having a scrape around in there. I'll be back oh so soon. I miss you already. Bye. Bye.